Welcome to the Shindig with Rubicon Heritage and Red River Archaeology. In July 2021, a rare early Roman carved wooden figure was discovered as part of the Infra HS2 excavation in Buckinghamshire, a joint venture with Network Archaeology and Rubicon Heritage. The wooden figure was featured on Digging for Britain with Professor Alice Roberts on BBC Two and has caused a sensation amongst archaeologists and the public. I'm Tanaya Jurgensen, and today Jonathan Miller and I sit down with Kieran Feeney from Network Archaeology and Louis Stafford from Red River and Rubicon Archaeology to talk about the figure's exciting discovery and excavation. is a quite an early carved Roman, we call it an anthropomorphic figurine, but essentially a wooden statue. Very rare. I don't think, I think the only other complete one that's been found was roughly a hundred years ago. Um, and it's also quite lucky and interesting, fascinating. Brilliant stuff. And then where did you find it? It was in the bottom of a very large waterlogged muddy ditch. Um, so we were digging on a site in Twyford in Buckinghamshire as part of the HS2 scheme. And we got down, it's about six metre wide ditch, which is always fun to dig in wet, thick, horrible clay um, in a very wet spring that we had. And we got down to about 1.4 metres deep in this ditch. And it was just there, just in the mud, sunken in. And we, like I say, we luckily hit it with a shovel, but didn't damage it. Um, and managed to get it out. So it's, it's, it's very lucky as well. So lots of people think there's a lot of skill involved, but there's also a very large amount of luck um, for finding it as we did. But you shouldn't tell people that it's luck. You have to tell them you're a very skilled archaeologist. <laughs> oh, it was, it was pure, you know, it's, it's just intuition. <laughs> so can you detail the experience of finding it? Like what was the process of then, you know, digging it out after you struck it with a shovel? Well, what actually happened, we, we'd hit what we knew was waterlogged deposits that possibly contained um, preserved wood, because often you get this lovely smell that you get with pee. Um, it smells like sort of, <laughs> smells like crap. It's, it's not very nice. However, that's what I like to call the smell of victory, because when you hit that, <laughs> you know there's a chance that you have waterlogged wood deposits within it. So we were actually in contact with a wood specialist um, on the premise that we may find preserved wood. And I think there was a bit of Chinese whispers because I said to someone that we may find preserved wood. And a few hours later, that turned into, we are going to find preserved wood and we need a wood specialist. Um, so this poor wood specialist called me and desperately asked if we could try and find any bit of wood in the deposit because he now needs to write a report. And if we don't find any wood, then he has absolutely nothing to write a report on. Um, and I told him there's nothing. But then, of course, about 10 minutes later, um, we're sliding shovels through the mud. Luckily, we weren't digging too vigorously because it's quite soft clay. You can just push your shovel in. And we hit what felt like wood. And I know lots of people say, how do you do that? And it's, well, if you, if you hit enough things with a shovel over the years, you know what things feel like. Um, so we sort of went, boom, quite a soft thud. And then we thought, oh, that might be a bit of wood. So rather than 
you know, trying to dig it out quickly, I went, we need to see if we can get out an intact piece to give to this wood specialist. Um, obviously, we had no idea what it would be or that it would be something so significant. To be honest, I thought it'd probably just be a little bit of wood, a bit of scrap, not even worked. Um, so gloves off, everything off. Um, health and safety wouldn't be too happy with that. But unfortunately, when you dig out wood in quite thick clay, there's nothing you can use but your fingers. Um, you can't use a trowel. Your trowel will get clogged up. It's actually much quicker and easier. So start digging around it. There was myself and a chap called Will Jones and a chap called Phil Holt as well. Um, dug down and then I mean, it took probably a good 20 minutes, half an hour to actually get the outline of the thing. And I sort of started saying, well, those look like a pair of legs to me. And it was the end of the day of a very hard week and everyone thought I was just going a bit mad. Um, <laughs> and then we got to the head and the shoulders and I started saying, that does look like a head. And those, those look like shoulders and those look like legs. And most people around me, I think I convinced Will, <laughs> most other people were sort of saying, are you all right? Have you just had a very long day? Um, so what I did then, the issue is when you get woods and preserved wood in deposits, it's normally in some state of decay and degradation. So things tend to look like things they're not. So if you find, for example, a joist of wood, uh, maybe from an old timber construction frame for a building or something like that, it could degrade in such a way that it might look like it has legs and a head. Um, so you'll get a ball joist that slots into a beam um, in a timber house, for example. Um, so I called my manager. Um, I think I convinced myself by that point that I was 50-50. We might have to be sure because we can't really see. And I was very tired. So I called my manager and said to him, I think I think it might, it might be a little wooden man here. Um, to which he, of course, said to me, well, I, I, I just don't think. Oh, it's Louis, actually. Louis on the call. There you are, Louis. He'll probably fill you on a list. Um, where they, they didn't really believe me either. And that sort of made me question myself and think, I probably am going a bit mad. Um, but then we dug it out a bit more and I could see it a bit more clearly and got a bit more convinced. So I called one of my other managers and, oh, sorry, I called the wood specialist back, a chap called Mike Wood. Um, and I said to him, oh, I think I found a little wooden man. And he said, well, I don't uh, look here. I think, you know, sometimes when wood degrades, it can look like something it's not. I said, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I really think I have. And he, he was on the fence. So I called my other manager and he said, well, Kieran, you see, sometimes when wood degrades, <laughs> I said, I know, I know, I fully understand what's going on. I'm aware of this, but I really, really think I found a little wooden man. And I think it took about four or five phone calls. And unfortunately, the hole we were in and the site we were on was on a signal black spot. So I kept trying to video call people and show them what I had you couldn't actually see it in any pictures because it's all mud so the statue you see now on television last night that's uh it's lovely that's cleaned up but of course we don't attempt to clean anything on site just in case it is significant and in case we damage it so it's brown it's covered in mud and it's just an outline of a stick man in mud covered in mud and i'm trying to convince everyone that it is what i'm saying it is um but we can't video call anyone and eventually, I think they sort of, uh, it was half a 
respect my professional opinion and half a he's not going to shut up about it until we believe him um so that was it i mean we dug around it very carefully with our fingers took a very long time and eventually it just sort of unsticks itself from the mud and that's it pop it in some water brilliant louis can you talk a bit about what it was like being from the other side of that and trying to get these blackout video calls yeah obviously kieran uh Kieran phoned me, um, quite ecstatic, saying, I'm fairly certain it is real, but he, he wanted a second opinion. And obviously, these, this blackout was a site problem, so we were trying to hotspot phones across site whilst Kieran was down a 1.4-metre trench holding the camera next to this, this statue. And, and we could see an outline, but obviously everyone wasn't, you know, we see a lot of degraded wood, and, and obviously it looks, sometimes it looks like things and, and you want it to look like things as well because finding these it's just you know it just doesn't happen it is a once in a lifetime discovery especially you know in an archaeological career you rarely hit waterlogged deposits and, and to actually find a you know something significant like a statue um, and so Kieran was uh, frantically trying to hotspot various phones across site to get the best signal and um, eventually he managed to get a, a very blurry gritty uh, video footage back to me showing this this outline and it did look convincing but again you know when you're not there looking at it face to face it's quite hard uh, and unfortunately I was there um, I was away from site that that one day because I was writing reports and uh, I think at this point you, you can't really take the risk so you have to treat it as if it is something significant so at that point um, thankfully we'd had the wood specialist on, a, on, on another site and he'd been booked in for the day but like uh, like myself, he was off-site because, unfortunately, he'd, uh, I think his son or someone had, had contracted uh, coronavirus, so he couldn't leave the house. So, again, it was um, it had to be by video footage. But it was, a, it was a fantastic job that Kieran did to actually extract it how it was, and the conditions were horrendous down, on this site. Anyway, it was basically on a floodplain. Um, we had to continuously pump uh, water from the site, and it flooded pretty much, I think, twice. I think we had to pump the, the whole site, which um, which is significant why, why that piece of wood survived is because at the bottom of this ditch, it retained all that water. And so what we've got now is, is what you see. It's degraded to a certain extent, but there's some beautiful, um, the, the, if you look very closely, and it's sort of overlooked on the Digging for Britain and, and other um, press releases, but if you look on the calves and the lower legs and certain portions of the statue, it's survived completely intact. Like there's no damage or degradation whatsoever. And if you sort of really look, look closely, you know, it's it's like it was carved yesterday. Yeah, it's a real work of art as well. The, the proportions of it, it's 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 beautiful in itself. It's a, a very good, you know, a perfect representation of a, a human form. It's it's lovely to look at. Yeah, and we have to note that Kieran actually on, on that day, he, he said he'd only jumped into that ditch to help fill. And uh, was it um, Mike? <laughs> I was no, I'd asked someone to dig out the bottom of the ditch but it was a really horrible job because like as louise just said it's below the water table it's thick clay and i actually felt guilty for putting someone in there um so i told them that when i get a minute i promise you i'll come and help you um to sort of ease your pain and then sod's door i jumped in for 10 minutes and found that um and so basically, they, they, uh, yeah, they dug, you know, two, 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 two <laughs> worth of material and, and Kieran sort of jumped they, in the end. I don't want to say... They did all, they did all the hard work. 
Um, so I, I do feel guilty for that, but there were three of us involved. Yeah, no, it's like I say, there's, there's so much luck in archaeology. And I think that, you know, it really, just the timing and the fact that you were there doing that and the, the, the lads and, you know, just, and the fact that the wood specialist was was nearby and on kind of call as well. You know, it's just everything, the perfect storm that just kind of came together in, in the right way. It's I brilliant. think on, on that ditch, we were digging two metre wide slots through the yeah. ditch every, every 20 metres because we had a 10%. Yeah. So you're saying we've missed 14 effigies. Well, actually, no, we didn't because we then had to extend it. Once we found that, everyone went, there must be more. There could be an army. Um, and then we extended it by as many metres as we could possibly go and found absolutely nothing else. Um, uh, that's but, incredible. But, it worth it. but yeah, yeah, just like sure luck of putting the hole there rather than somewhere else. There's and we've no... been so lucky with that on HS2, incredibly yeah. lucky. Like the, the sample ratios that you have to go into on a site. Um, I think on, the, on one particular site, we did an eval and found a burial. Then we stripped the whole site and didn't find another one. Uh, on, well. another, uh, on another site, we, we dropped the sections in and we were doing a very high percentile, like 50% around this, this enclosure ditch, uh, Wellick. So that, that's in the press previously. And we landed straight on top of a man who'd been thrown face uh, face down with his hands tied in front of him. And so we went and did the rest of the, the ditch and we didn't, we didn't find anything else. So infra as a whole, like how we've actually, yeah, so much luck, but we, we really had the, the, the whole out of it. It was mm. incredible. That's brilliant. How, how old is it? Louis can fool with on the spot dates for that. I think we had a general spot date based on the ceramics that were and the pottery sheds that were found around it in the ditch. So we had pottery from just above it and we had pottery from just below it. Of course, some of that can be residual and mixed in over time. Um, but I think they gave a general date of about 43 AD to 70 AD. So it's early Roman, and there's a suspicion yeah, yeah. that it was um, possibly imported from France, I believe. Louis might correct me on that. Yeah, we're, we're, we need to do some, um, uh, we need to analyse it. There's a fragment of wood that, that came away from the statue itself, I believe. So we're going to send that away for potentially uh, isotope analysis, I think. Um, apparently, you can actually use that on wood, and so we might be able to actually work it out. But if we, if we get wood specialists on it, they'll be able to tell us the species, and they might be able to provenance it. So, um, but we think it's it, it's loosely at the moment early Roman, um, and until we do a full analysis of everything, uh, we might be able to refine that date more as well. What sort of context is that in with with regard to like English kind of Roman history? Do you know, or would you be able to say like, is that you say early? Is that kind of invasionary, or is it are they established in England at that point? Well, it's, it's uh, I mean, I think the date is, provisionally they're saying it's early Roman, so uh, normally that sort of spans the conquest period. So it's very late Iron Age to, you know, 43 to 70 is where you're basically having the Romans turning up. Well, well right. We, we know they're arriving just before that as well. Um, it's just the big military presence um, turns up pretty much from the latter half of the first century. What do you think that the uh, wooden figure was used for? Would you like to field that one, Kieran? I, I was going to pass that one over to you, Louis. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it? Is I, it? I a... really, I really hate tag and theoretical archaeology, but obviously it's a, uh, it's a large statue. 
I mean, it's there's going to be more than one theory. Um, I think the most realistic theory, I would say, is that, you know, obviously we have a lot of famous stone statues from the Roman period, and they were known to have a number of, say, political uses, um, as well as many others. Realistically, you would have had them made out of wood as well, because how much does a stone statue cost? Not everyone can afford one. They're not very mobile. You can't transport them very well. So, yeah, that's that's what I would go for. What would you go for, Louis? I think the reason we don't find the wooden ones, obviously, is because they don't survive. So there was probably more wooden ones because it's easier and anyone within reason can cut off them. But this one's obviously had an awful lot of effort gone into to carving it. It's not a small um, statue. Obviously, there are examples of these in, in various, and quotation marks, sacred places. Uh, and this one's unusual that it's, it's in the bottom of a ditch. And what we found on that site doesn't necessarily say that it's religious in any aspect, but generally these are sort of votive deities that they believe more often than not. Of course, it could just be a lovely piece of artwork or somebody could have made an awful lot of effort and made a, you know, a large child's toy. You know, or they could have made a you know, statue, broken legs off and then gone, oh, it's broken now, throwing it, is it? And I'd just like to point out as well, I've been asked several times in the last 24 hours, I did not cut his feet off with a shovel. That is level of, <laughs> that was how he came out of the ground. Um, most of my friends have already asked me and told me you cut his legs off, didn't you? Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> so just, just confirming that for the audience. So maybe too much countenance to put on, um, on ritualistic things. Uh, it's, it's something I've always sort of stayed away from, but uh, I, I, there's enough analogies here that it's probably an effigy or, or a, a, you know, a local deity or even, you know, one of the Roman ones that they brought it along with them. Yeah, I did a bit of Googling earlier, so I'm kind of a Roman expert now. And um, yeah, so <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I'll reassess and say, you know, somewhere between a prototype action man and like, yeah, portable, portable god for, uh, for traveling with, that's, that's, that's really cool. I think the safest thing to do is not settle on one answer because we'll never know the actual answer. There, there, there could be multiple theories and each one likely to be as valid as the next. It's so exciting. We've been, we've been very jealous sitting in our offices in Ireland <laughs> and seeing all the pictures and stuff coming out of HS2. So. Yeah, I remember the day it was found and the, the, an image was circulating. We were like, what? <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Feels, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant stuff, lads. I think that covers it. John Skate, do you have any more questions? I don't. No, thanks so much, guys. Kieran, you look a bit cold, so we won't keep you any longer. So. <laughs> that's all right. Thank you. <laughs>